Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hey, I'm Jay DeMarcus from Rascal Flats, and this is Action Sports Jacks. <laughs> and Sabotage, start, man. And, and we're starting off Monday to the most excellent way you can start things off with, with a long extended version of Three Doors Down Superman. Just what our audience wants to hear. Nicely done, coos. What happened there, man? Uh, I don't know. Someone someone messed with our, our show here. All right, man. Action Sports, Jax, ESPN 690M, Austin Lane. Brett Martineau's putting um, some money into the jar. He'll be here in a little bit. Joined by Coos. How was the weekend, man? It was good. You know, same as the past few weekends. Just stayed home, you know? You, you didn't go to the UFC fights, did you? No. Okay, because I, I probably would have walked out if I found that you went to, to those things, too. I saw on Twitter, man. A lot of people went, all right? I wasn't one of those people. Now, was I bitter? Absolutely. Was I upset? You better believe it. Did I get a little upset when a certain somebody, not going to name any names, um, but he's been on our show before, uh, was he talking smack about a fighter getting knocked out and comparing him to the Jacksonville Jaguars? He absolutely did. I think that you you don't go cover a fight and then talk smack about someone getting knocked out, but that's just me. Not going to say what it is. What's up, Mark Long? But anyways, man, it is what it is from that standpoint, but I'll be honest, man. All that went away because for the first time um, in my betting history, I actually logged onto a betting website, not going to name it because they're not paying me to say it, but I, I put down a, a little bit of a parlay, if you will, uh, for the main card, and I, and I won, and, and I hit, and all of a sudden me not going to the fights wasn't that big of a deal anymore because I got some cold, hard cash. I'll be honest with you, man. I thought like with those websites, you had to do them like in Las Vegas or New Jersey. I didn't know you could do them anywhere like in the country. What's up, Brent? Yeah, I think uh, you can, depending on where they are, I think you can access them all over the place. Now, I've tried a little bit before in some states uh, for, like, uh, on a horse race or something like that. Yeah. And those block you out. Like, I feel like I've been in Georgia at a, at a like a baseball tournament and mm-hmm. tried to put something online on the Kentucky Derby or something like that before, and I couldn't do it. See, that something happened to me as well. Yeah. So it was a little confusing. And I'm sure a lot of those things are as relaxed as they've ever been, right, in most sure. states and, and everywhere else. They're just so desperate to get some money right now. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, well, and just the fact that it's changing, you yeah. know, that landscape. That's not a frowned upon in, in most places anymore. Brent Morton to Austin Lane Coos on a Monday. Hope you're doing well, everybody. Hope everybody had a, a nice Mother's Day. Uh, paying respects to mom. Um, those uh, that are that are with us and, and even the ones uh, that we remember and, and are no longer uh, with us. I know so many of you folks, it's an emotional day for that. So hope you had a chance to enjoy the weekend uh, with, with loved ones. Uh, well, happy Mother's Day to Cody. Yeah. And your mom who listens to the show. Yeah. And to Steph. We didn't really say this on we Friday. Did, and it, to my mom who listens to the show. It shows you how cocky we are now. I right? guess so. Because, I mean, our, our first year we had our moms on sharing stories and everything. Yeah. And all of a sudden the second year is like, you know, we officially made it. We don't need you guys anymore. <laughs> we really don't need you anymore. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, they didn't ask to come on. True that. Yeah, true. I think they'd probably much rather listen to us and actually come on. Uh, Even though I, I think it's great radio, but that's just me. Uh, it's always fun to have yeah. them on. Uh, and they're welcome to call. They have the number. They have the number. Nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one or star star six ninety from anywhere in the country in the world. You might have to do something different if you're like in Ireland or something. What would you guys do? Nothing. No. Oh, listen. The greatest. <laughs> That's thing. the spirit. 
here's the thing. This is I told her this. I said this this is you are the best, Steph. Because <laughs> and, that, and that's it is what it is. Like Steph does not now she may, but she doesn't tell us. No, she doesn't really. I've been around her long enough. She is n- not. She does not get mad. One, if you don't get her anything, mm-hmm. or two, if you don't like breakfast in bed and all the stuff that that many do. And quite frankly, we don't a lot. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> she is not, and it's okay if you are, but the husbands, there's a lot of pressure on them. There's not a lot of pressure on me in that regard. Cool. Uh, and it was kind of cool, really, because, like, Ty, man, Ty needs to get better. But Kaylee yeah. went shopping. Uh, my buddy Calvin actually took his daughters and Kaylee shopping on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they just kind of went along, and she picked up some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, still owe you money, Calvin, for that, sorry. Um, <laughs> but so I I woke up Sunday morning. She didn't tell me anything, but she had a note for Mom and a couple of gifts for Mom. And I think Ty just jumped in on that cool. little gift-giving. But uh, it was a proud moment for Kaylee uh, yeah. to be able to do that. And I didn't even know she got anything. So um, <laughs> I, was, I was proud of her. But, uh, yeah, that's Ste- – Ste- I'm serious. Steph is, like, the greatest in that respect. Mm-hmm. Now, she's also very difficult in that respect because she's not big in, like, the jewelry or clothes. or She's going to be very difficult to buy for. Yeah. Because she, you know, it's kind of the go-to normal stuff. But she's she's fine. She doesn't matter. She doesn't matter to her. She gets some flowers, <laughs> well, whatever. Let's let's not put the phrase "she doesn't matter" into the phrase when you're talking about buying your wife some oh, no, gifts. I didn't Brent. say she doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't it matter. Doesn't matter. It doesn't, you said she doesn't matter. You said she. I was a little worried. I'm trying to help you out, man. All right, it's Did a I Monday. Speak again. It's gonna be a long week here if we don't clarify some things. Have an advantage in the heat. Uh, <laughs> now, here's what I did. So her birthday's last Sunday. Yeah, man, back to back is kind of rough. Yeah, and actually, we've been on kind of like the the pandemic diet. Sure, you know, not full go, but like we weighed in today, doing pretty well. Like uh, we, we're combined all, all over those walks are going to twenty on, pounds. Yeah, it's all those so walks are going on. Yeah, but um, but she had mentioned like a few weeks back, she's like, man, I have one of those apple fritters. It was a lady at work when she taught at Nice that would get her these apple fritters. Nice. And by the way, I'll give them a shout out because they were sincerely good. The donut shop over in Arlington. But that's Cut a little bit. That's a bit of a hike for, uh, you know, it's like half hour drive. So last some Sunday, donuts, yeah. I didn't tell her where I was going. I went up and, and got uh, a few apple fritters. There you go. And so that was kind of like what I got That's for what's up. No, I got I mean, an apple fritter. No. <laughs> I mean, would it have been better if you, you tried to bake them or something? Probably. But no. at least you made apple. I mean, hey, if it's like a 30-minute drive Fred, there and back, good You could have tried to make them. You could have videoed it. Yeah, Content. Yeah. This is what I'm trying to tell you guys. This is why she's the greatest, amongst other reasons. She does not care about that. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like, she is not texting her friends and saying, I can't believe Brent didn't get me anything. Yeah. Like, she never has, too. It's not well, like we've been married she 20 hey, years. She but. says she doesn't, Brent. Not I mean, uh, I'm, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Well, in that case, then. Okay. Okay, well, Thomas. Sounds good, Beth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, it's good. But yeah. hopefully you, uh, you you did better than oh, me. Oh, crush it, man. <laughs> That's crush really it. what I'm trying to get to. Hopefully you all did better well, than cr- me. You know what? I had it pretty easy because my wife made the suggestion that she wanted a Fitbit, like a new Fitbit, like the new ones or whatever. 
So they're like, oh, I, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I just got her that. Um, and then suggestions are great, yeah, by I mean, the way, ladies. Hey, they're very good. Yeah, I mean, literally, all I had to do, like, I put effort in. I had, I had to go online and order it. So that was me putting effort in. And then we made. Uh, so every, every Sunday at the Lane household, we make flapjacks. We make flapjacks and bacon. I know it's called pancakes. Yeah, no, but, flapjacks. Yeah, but are, uh, I'm calling it flapjack Sundays. Do you go the small route or or the big, just normal <sighs> size no, pancake? I mean, come on, I'm I'm pretty big dude and everything. Yeah. Rones eats a lot, so we usually go like the the the, the, the traditional big size uh, flapjacks. If you will, but um, I'll tell you what, man. I discovered something on the interwebs about making flapjacks. And if you're listening at home or listening in your car right now, gonna need you to shut your mouths real quick and write this down. If you can, if you can, if you're driving, then don't worry about it. When you have that pancake batter, add ice cubes to it and whisk it. Whisk it until the ice cubes are melted. Really? And you're gonna have a really cold batter, right? Maybe you just put it in the fridge as well. But I put ice cubes in it, whisk it around, and then put it on the griddle and see what happens, man. You're not going to go wrong. Extra fluffy, extra soft, extra delicate, extra succulent. Do we you can't need go a, wrong. Do we need a cooking segment on the show? I mean, we might, that, man. Dude, steak, I was I was so excited about did, these pancakes. I did the reverse sear again yeah. last night. Yeah, it was tremendous yeah, on the yeah. ribeye this time. Yeah, yeah. Also a little scallops okay. as well. Yeah. Never done that before. Coos is baking banana bread he last is, week. Man, we're we got a little, little cooking show, a little cooking podcast. What happened in the to ESPN six ninety during the pandemic? What we yeah. turned into a cooking show. <laughs> we are we are now a cooking show. So we ended up doing the, the breakfast then, gave her the, the gift and then uh we watched WWE Money in the Bank, and then we watched the last dance because hey, because it's Mother's Day, not Mother's Night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so true. six o'clock. Hey, it's over. Yeah, if it's six o'clock, then it's back to the you know it's back to your local scheduled programs here. Um, and thanks for your service. We'll see you later. So yeah, uh, very well done. Yeah, uh, happy Mother's Day to happy Cody Mother's Day. and, and uh, all the moms out there, including Steph uh, as well. Um, and Kuz, how's Mama Coos uh, yeah. doing? Did you even like call? Yeah, I called my mom. Okay, I sent her flowers go. too. Nice. And that's what I do every year. And at least for now, you don't have to worry about that with Nicole just yet. Nope. Yep. Coming no, we're good. Yeah. Coming soon. Don't, if your family's don't jinx it, Brent. Come on now, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, USC overall was pretty good. Loved it, man. I mean, did you watch a little bit? Obviously, you had to work yeah. a little bit. Yeah. No, I didn't. I mean, I worked okay. about as much as you worked yeah. when we did so, that thing. Hey, so. so now, in retrospect, I apologize for not turning the UFC off when I was doing that. You were like watching it the whole time. I was the whole time. I really listening. My I bad. It was actually fun like so, that. Okay, sorry about that. You're I didn't keeping notice, an eye on it. I didn't notice how bad it was to someone in the up. Like, were you even paying attention to the interview? I'm like, not really. Cowboy Cerrone was going out there when, when Brent wanted me to do the Were Zoom you call. Cerrone lost? I thought he kind of nah. yeah. lost the fight. No, I mean, it, it could have gone either way. You know, I mean, the, the, the head kick that he set up with Pettis and landed on him, I mean, yeah. Pettis just ate it, though. Um, I wasn't really surprised by the decision. I thought it could have gone either way. But those some of those judges, though, man, like the Michelle Watterson, uh, Carlos Barza fight, I've never seen a fight where it was 30 27 Thirty twenty-seven for di- to the two two fighters. You two know what I'm saying? Fighters, yeah. yeah. So the split that was decision. another one. I was kind of like, who's gonna win this one? I exactly. Didn't really know. Yeah. But overall, man, it had a little bit of everything. It had crazy, you know, submission attempts. It obviously had the violence, like uh, Dana White kind of called came on the show and talked about a little bit. Um, I think from the main event standpoint, it couldn't have been better. Even the co-main event really delivered with two guys that don't weigh a lot. And usually, we get like the smaller weight classes. Um, you don't really see a lot of violence and action like that. So I thought overall, for you know, for a UFC card to usher back in sports 
I thought it was a great card. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more yeah. about it. Uh, plus, uh, sports on the horizon. Major League Baseball now is presenting the players with uh, the latest proposal. Could that go somewhere and, uh, you know, be meaning baseball is back uh, full go? Dr. Fauci talks about football and how difficult it will be to get football back. That was interesting. And does it give you pause about the season in any respect? Talk a little bit about that. And, of course, we talk Jags on this show quite a bit. And we'll do so. There's a couple of things we left off the table coming out of the schedule one being last year the jaguars were awful against the run and really some eyesore games right 200 yards plus how are the running backs that they face this year uh against the jags and are they better suited to handle it have they done enough because the roster build in that respect is over but have they done enough and uh will it be more challenging to face the qbs or the running backs in 2020 for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we've got some football talk on the horizon, last dance as well. Uh, very interesting. I thought it was the best yet when it comes to uh, the last dance and Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why a little bit later on. Let's take a time out. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Sounds like who's ready to. So <laughs> when we come back, <laughs> we talk some football. We check in on the, the UFC and what's next. Don't forget, there's a couple more going on now. Wednesday night, Saturday night. Tough to live up to that kind of hype and that kind of car. Without a doubt. But a couple more events in Jacksonville. How did Jacksonville do? Uh, did it come across okay? Was it even showcased that much? I mean, you're talking about a cage that felt like at times it could have been in Antarctica nobody would have known yeah. right so uh how much did like jacksonville win the mayor the governor by doing this uh, i haven't heard a lot of backlash i will say that uh, maybe i'm not looking in the right places but uh, i think overall jacksonville came out of this thing looking pretty good after the uh first live sporting event back in the states in a couple of months talk some football right after this on espn six night During the Tony Ferguson Gaethje fight, the crowd would have been going insane during that fight. I mean, there were just so many moments in that fight where I was like, if there was a crowd here right now, this place would be going nuts. And uh, there's so many things that you love about live sports, whether you're home in a bar or there live, you know. And uh, one of the big key components to live sports are the the group of people that you're with, and you know the energy that you get. Uh, when cool things happen. And tonight was an amazing event, but that was definitely missing tonight. That is the president of the UFC, Dana White, after a successful UFC 249 right here in Jacksonville. They'll go back at it again Wednesday night and Saturday for a three-peat, if you will, uh, since that's a popular thing these days with the last dance. Um <laughs> But overall, pretty good. You know, it's interesting Dana White says that, and he should say that, because it's never the same without fans. Uh, it's always better with fans, especially if you're in that business and any kind of sporting business. You want people buying tickets, and that's part of it, and, and you want people experiencing it. I get it. But I will say this. That sport, it's like okay without them. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, like it, it's okay without fan. Like yeah. it was not hard to watch, and you can speak on this way better than me. But the reason I say that is a lot of times, like in boxing and in UFC, you get this. You'll see like the first two or three rows, but everything else is dark. Mm-hmm. You know, on TV, mm-hmm. so you don't even know that there's. 15,000 fans in the stadium anyway, mm-hmm. or in the arena anyway, watching a fight. You don't know if there's 3,000, 15,000. Of course, when it gets loud, it gets loud. And so that's always something that you notice. But I, I thought with 
with this, I, and I know it's different for the fighter's perspective. They could hear everything. Mm-hmm. But I just, uh, from a viewing standpoint, a lot like I, I think about baseball and even golf. Like, unless it's a Tiger Woods putt on 18 and a fist pump, mm-hmm. I don't know how much I'm noticing the fans in golf when I watch. Unless it's eighth or ninth inning of a dramatic game, especially postseason in baseball, how much am I noticing that the fans are in the stands and part of the atmosphere of a game? I've watched a little bit of that Korean baseball. It's been okay. I'm watching baseball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can hear the crack of the bat. I can hear the pop of the mitt, and I'm watching baseball. So I think some of those sports are are actually – I'm not in, encouraging it, saying they should never have fans again. I'm just saying they're okay to watch it, and it's not that odd to me. So the UFC did a pretty genius thing that I honestly didn't notice until the main card when me and my friend were talking about it. I got together with about two other guys. We watched the fights together. And they actually upped their mics on the floor. So, like, every time a fighter would move, you could hear the floor move, you know, like kind of oh, like that. Because okay. it, it's wood underneath, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, kind of like wrestling, professional wrestling does the same thing, right? When there's a slam, they obviously raise the mics up so they can hear the slam better on TV. Well, the UFC did that actually for, I believe they did it. I mean, they haven't come out and said they did, but to me it was pretty obvious where they actually boosted their mics up so when a fighter would move around, there'd be some kind of noise there. And you're absolutely right in terms of not noticing the crowd. Really, the only time to me that it was noticeable where the crowd wasn't there was when Bruce Buffer would say, it's time, you know, and they, they, they kind of, you know, do their fist bump or whatever. Like, you know, obviously the crowd's electric and they're excited to go. You didn't really get that, so that was a little bit of an awkward thing. But besides that, I mean, anytime you saw a little bit of a, of a combo or, or a guy taking some damage, I mean, we couldn't hear the crowd anyways because we were cheering ourselves, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. at home. So we didn't notice the crowd from that standpoint. Literally the only time we noticed them when they were obviously getting ready to go fight. Yeah, and, and uh, fighters now is a little bit different, For right? Sure. Because they talked about it. They could yeah. hear the corners. They could hear the analysts. They could hear some of that, mm-hmm. uh, which may be just as beneficial to some degree as hearing a crowd because I think you can get worked up off the crowd depending on what kind of fighter you're. Yeah. Listen, you've been in there before. Do you hear the crowd? I mean, have you? So are you when, so locked in and focused? No, at- I mean, you're, you're absolutely locked in and focused. Like, obviously, when you walk out of the back and then you're, you walk in that environment, you're going to feel some kind of energy, right? So you're going to feel a little bit of of excitement, um, uh, you're gonna be anxious and everything, but you don't like focus directly on the crowd like that. That never happens, and you have to remember too, Brent. I mean, whether it's football, MMA, I mean, any practice, there's no crowd, right? So these guys that fought, I mean, they get rounds and rounds and rounds of sparring and with zero crowd, and then all they have to go off is their coach's voice. So when they get inside the cage, I mean, it's just like sparring to them, right? Because they're so acclimated to that, they're so accustomed to it. Actually, the crowd is the thing. The crowd is the, um, you know, it's the, it's the addition that kind of fighters sometimes aren't ready for, right? Because you can't mimic a crowd, really, especially in fight camp. I mean, you can play music really loud and things like that, but you're not going to mimic the energy. So for a lot of these guys, I think they're probably even more at home, more comfortable, just because they were sparring the whole time. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, listen, we talked about this, I think it was last week, but we said if now basketball will be totally different. Yeah. Basketball will be noticeable because we don't hear sneakers on a floor in the NBA. Mm-hmm. College basketball, we don't. We usually, when we're watching on TV, the crowds in college basketball, I can tell you this, like Ty, that's what he loves. Like he loves watching the crowd. Has it since he was a little kid. Yeah. Like, I mean, he likes watching the game, but he notices the crowds, you know? And I think that's one thing. I don't know if you do that in the NBA, but I think there's so much going on. If you've ever been to an NBA game, and even if you're watching on TV, you can hear the music kind of going, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the background. Uh, it's, there's more going on than just sneakers squeaking and shots being made and they just erupt when a, a good play happens. So I think basketball will be really unusual. 
usual. And we did talk about this. I think football, I think, has some positive sides of it. Mm-hmm. Now, again, you have moments, and especially in football, where you hear that crowd, and that crowd's a factor, and you're down near the end zone. You're the away team. Again, college and, and, and pro a little bit different depending on what venue you're at and what game it is in terms of a rivalry game. So I'm not discrediting the, the impact of fans. I mean, there's a huge impact. But I do think, like I said last week, to watching football without fans and being able to hear a lot of the things that we just heard Saturday night with the yep. UFC fight might be super entertaining. And the reason why is we are more knowledgeable of that as a as a casual fan. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't really get like there are probably things that you caught watching Saturday night that I didn't catch some of the nuances, the sounds, the this, the that, uh, that, that normally in a football, maybe I would catch. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the biggest thing to me was the floor. Um, it was evident that the mics were, were turned up on that, and that, that was genius because it, it created more sound. It, it created more um, of an environment, you know, for, for the viewer at home listening. So I thought that was great. Um, you know, they still played the music, which I thought was a nice touch and everything. So overall, I mean, and keep in mind, they have had a fight before without no crowd. But right before you know everything shut down, there was a fight that didn't feature a crowd as well. I forgot where that fight actually took place, but yeah, he uh, mentioned it. I yeah. thought when we had him on. But um, yeah, I mean, I thought it came across great on the TV. Uh, you know, Jacques Ray so was a test positive for COVID nineteen. That was kind of a black eye, a little bit, no pun intended, um, for the world of, of mixed martial arts. But the show still went on and. You know, the thing about the UFC and ESPN is they can control the narrative, right? So they can talk about Jack Ray Sosa getting COVID-19 as much as they want to. Well, guess what? They didn't talk about it that much yeah. for obvious reasons. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So before the prelims went out, transferred over to the pay-per-view, uh, Trump gave like a, a speech or whatever, you know, and like Trump came on the TV. And I'm not going to lie, man. Listen, regardless of what you think about his politics, whether what side you're on, I don't really care, man. I'm just saying from the standpoint of Trump, you know, saying congratulations, UFC, for ushering back uh, professional sports, he couldn't throw congratulations, Jacksonville. You know, you, you can just throw in a little bit. I've been to their beaches. Best beaches. Best beaches ever. You know, best place. Best oh, place. Good. Yeah. Florida's yeah, an important yeah, state, yeah, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little something, Mr. Trump, you know, for, for our trouble and everything. Didn't give us any kind of shout out, so I was bummed about that. Um, but, you know, I thought that the post-press, and listen, we'll, we'll break down the fights here later today in the show. Um, I watched the post-press you know, press comes with Dana White specifically and, and what he had to say, and he, he flat out said, he's like, if, if you're looking to start up a new business, if you're looking to, you know, kind of rebound through this economy right now and through COVID-19, come to Florida. He's like, Florida is where it's at. Whether it's dealing with the, the governor, dealing with the mayors, he's like, Florida is the place to conduct your business. So I thought that made Jacksonville look, uh, um, you know, better. Obviously, he didn't mention Jacksonville by name, but he mentioned the state of Florida. So that, that's good for anybody. Hey, one, uh, one thing, one more thing about the COVID-19 test. See, I actually thought it made him look good in a way because their testing worked. Their yeah. methodology well, worked. Listen, it's it's okay, and it went on, and and they they pulled it off. Now, if we find out in the next two days that twenty people down there test positive, then we might be talking about it differently. Yeah. But as it sits right now, hey, this just in: people are still going to test positive, even mm-hmm. if we get back to work or we're quarantined. And so the UFC, they had these things in place to test. Mm-hmm. They had communication, which he did communicate. They tested, positive, fight off, show still went on, and but everything's okay. No, Why is that sure. a bad look? Well, see, here, here's the issue that I have with it. Jacare Souza gets into Jacksonville on Wednesday. Now, prior to that Wednesday, 
his family had the symptoms. His family yeah. had COVID-19, okay? So, in my opinion, why aren't you testing Jacare Souza when he's training in Florida? Like, yeah. why, why aren't you doing your due diligence before he even gets to Jacksonville? Yeah, that's right? now, fair now, now, keep in mind, he didn't travel on a plane. I'm sure he just because he trains in Orlando. So, I'm sure he just drove up from Orlando, like a two-hour drive. Not that big of a deal. But... To me, I, I probably would have been testing my athletes well before they even got into town. Yeah, and we right? thought that actually was going to be the case, that yeah. they would test on wherever they're coming from, then when they land. Exactly. So it but, was just where they land. Yeah, and according to you know what Justin Gagey told us on Thursday, um, when they get to the hotel, I guess they got tested. You know, Now, I think they got tested numerous times, but once again, I mean, if, if you're Jacare Souza and some of your family may have been sick, I mean, and I get it, man, you're trying to get a paycheck, so I, I, I'm not hating on you whatsoever. I mean, it's all about getting that money, Brent, right, because they don't have a union. So the only way to get your money is to fight. To fight yeah. So Jacare Souza obviously wanted to fight. But I think if you're the UFC, you got to bring these questions to light. you got to say, all right, well, this guy's family had it. Let's go and test him even before he gets to Jacksonville. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, hey, when we come back, we talk some football, okay? Uh, a little bit later on, Dr. Fauci's comments about football. Let's get into the Jags, though. There's a leftover topic or two I want to get into. I won't whine about Minshew today. I did that on Friday. Uh, great thread, though. Uh, I think it was NFL preview on Twitter that really went down some of his plays. I continue to say about Minshew. You look at some of the numbers that come out, uh, Pro Football Focus had them compared to on the deep ball. Yeah. It, it, it's, um, he's almost giving me more and more confidence as I defend him more. Yeah. <laughs> Minshew is. I have the biggest issue with the Jags from last year, the biggest disappointment was their inability to stop the run. What does it look like on their schedule this year in terms of backs they'll have to face? Talk a little bit about that when we come back. ESPN 690. You can always jump in from the weekend. Any thoughts? 904-362-9901. Star Star 690. I was confident, you know, three weeks ago. I was confident two weeks before that. I just, I, I knew I knew we could do this. Um I knew we could do it. I knew we'd figure it out. And uh, e- even with all the hurdles that we had early on, this has been fun. It's been challenging, and it's been fun. Um, I know that sounds a little demented to tell you that I've had fun going through this, but um, it's 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 been challenging, and I've I've I've, I've enjoyed the the whole uh, you know game of it, if you will. That is Dana White, president of the UFC, continue to get reaction from Saturday night. And, uh, again, overall, I think it went off pretty well. I don't see too many critics. I know there's some critics about Joe Rogan in the, in the ring and then doing interviews without a mask and those kind of things. Um, that didn't surprise me as much, though, because they tested everybody. I, I didn't know if we would see that anyway. I, I was yeah. a little surprised people kind of noticed that as much. Uh, but it is what it is. You're going to get some criticism. I think, overall, they could have gotten a heck of a lot more. And um, instead, I think UFC probably gained a bunch of new fans because it was a really good card mm-hmm. and a lot of good fights. You know, uh, Jacksonville, I think, did well in this. Again, I, I don't want to over-dramatize Jacksonville's part of it. I think it's good that they were back. I think they'll get some UFC fights down the road because of it. Uh, but I just don't know what it did. This wasn't like, in my opinion, this wasn't the players' championship. Where it was seen around the world and you're showcasing the beaches and golf courses and the sunshine of Florida and the pretty flowers. It didn't, at least during when I was watching, it didn't come across like that. Mm -hmm. That's not what the, I kind of thought once, most of the time, 99% of the time, the thing could have been in who knows where Idaho and we wouldn't have known. But I think there are some sub level types of good things for the city of Jacksonville. That will come out of this, and and uh, it's way better to come off in a good light yeah. than it is in a bad light. 
Because yeah. it, there could have been a big negative connotation for Jacksonville opening the doors if it didn't go well. Of course. You know, I mean, listen, I think the state of Florida has had some negative connotations lately. I mean, you see in Tampa Bay the people that are at the gym that are outside of the <laughs> – so people, I mean, I'm sure, the squats I'm sure everyone's seen it, but yeah, there, there's a, there's a group of, of call them Jim hoodlums that are outside of the, I guess, city hall in Tampa Bay, and they're, you know, they're protesting, which is the, they're obviously their God-given right, their American right to protest, but they're protesting um, gyms not being open. But then they proceed to do push-ups, squats, and other lifts of that, na- you know, other exercises outside, which makes it kind of wonder, like, well, if you can do those things, then. I don't know. Go do those things in a in a public park that's officially open, and don't worry about the gyms right now. But so that, that's just crazy to me. But in terms of Jacksonville, Florida, yeah, I mean, listen, when you have a, an event indoors, like you're not going to get to really sh- showcase what all Jacksonville has to offer. Okay, it's not like golf where it's sunny outside. You have the 17th green and check out all these wide shots. Check out all these. Like no, you don't have that because you're fighting in an arena. And anytime you fight in an arena, you don't get a lot of outside shots. So. I thought the UFC did their part of kind of showcasing Jacksonville a little bit. There's some cool shots, um, you know, like the St. John's River and all the bridges and things like that. So Jacksonville did get a little love there, and they made it look great. Uh, but overall, now it's just it's the narrative of where, if you know, if, if you're asking Dana White questions, you just got to reiterate, like, hey, so Jacksonville, you guys coming back? Well, you guys coming back? What kind of pay-per-view is it going to be? You just you keep kind of, you know, I guess putting those little uh, questions in his mind so it always stays on his radar. Yeah, I think it'll be up to him to remember Jacksonville after all of this. We'll see if uh, he lives up to that and keeps his word pretty much on that because he's told everybody he will be coming back. Brent mm-hmm. Martin, Austin Lane, Coos on a Monday. Hope you had a nice weekend, another beautiful day here in Jacksonville. Uh, they got some snow up north yeah. <laughs> over the weekend. Uh, Unbelievable. Think about that uh, while you have quarantined and life has changed. At least changed. At least the weather around here has been good. Let's talk some football. A little later, we'll talk some uh, hoops with the last dance. We'll talk some basketball, uh, baseball as well, because they could be starting July 4th time frame, uh, which I think is the right time frame for them. Uh, now the players have to approve. There are some sticking points there on prorated salaries and how much they're going to get paid with no fans. It'll be interesting. This could get kind of ugly and be a bad thing for baseball. i got to be careful about that, uh, much like the strike year. you know. And, and I'm not saying it's, it's that equal, but it could get ugly, and baseball doesn't want to do that uh, right now. But let's talk some football and, and get going with uh, some football topics the Jacksonville Jaguars, how have they done to fix their run defense? Mm-hmm. It had to, it, it looked to me like it was the number one priority outside of Yannick Ngakwe, uh, of the offseason. Yeah. From an acquisition standpoint, and Doug Marone said it. I mean, he's, he didn't say it was the number one, but he said, we want to be able to stop the run. We got to do a better job stopping the run. It looks like that was their number one offseason priority. In terms of an acquisition standpoint, from Schobert to the beef up front, how did they do? Um, well, it all depends, right? It all depends what this new 3-4 defense is going to look like. I can say on paper right now it looks a lot better, right? I mean, you lose Clarence Campbell, and, and yeah, the, that was a big cog of your defensive line. Um, but, you know, and we even broke it down on the wall that says it all, Brent. Like, Clarence Campbell didn't play his, his best year in terms of stopping the run, which is so ironic because – 
Pro Football Focus had him as the top run defender as a defensive tackle. So whatever there. Yeah, a little okay. mixed on that. A, a, a I, little mixed on that. I don't and, think he had his best year ever yeah. because he missed well, a lot of tackles. And, and he's gonna be, he'll be the first one to tighten have his best year. Yeah. But Pro Football Focus but says he was otherwise. Still that good. Yeah, he was, but he was still that good. So you missed that piece. Um, but besides that, I mean, it was atrocious last year. Okay, then then that's saying it nicely. Okay, it, it was not a good look um, for the Jacksonville Jaguars in terms of stopping the run. Okay, you had Taven Bryan a little bit who might have been playing out of position at, at a big end five technique. Uh, you lose Marcel Darius, which I was so adamant about saying, man, you lose him, you lose a lot of that ability to you know to stop the run and clog the holes, and you saw it firsthand. He was out for an extended period of time, and the defense struggled from it. Um, you know, the defensive ends with Josh Allen, Yannick Ngakwe, Josh Allen was playing out of position a little bit, playing that big end technique as well when Taven Bryan wasn't, you know, working out well for him. So it was a mess, Brent, okay? It, it was a mess, and let's be honest, it, it was embarrassing. And obviously, I think if you're Todd Wash, I mean, the first thing that you do in training camp is you show some of those long runs. You know, you show Christian McCaffrey. You show Derrick Henry. Um, you show Carlos Hyde, whoever else it was, uh, and you say, this is not going to happen this year, okay? Whatever it takes, if we have to go goal line defense, this isn't happening, okay? Because your ability to stop the run will also help you in the pass game. Like, we saw it firsthand against the Los Angeles Chargers last year here in Jacksonville. Phillip Rivers comes in, and I get it. Phillip Rivers has always been kind of the guy that, that has beat the Jaguars. But when you have Austin Eckler churning out 10 yards of pop in the run game, then you open up the play action. I mean, it was just, hey, pick your – you to go to Hunter Henry here, Keenan Allen? Like, Phillip Rivers had all day. They used the play action, and they absolutely tore the Jaguars apart. So to answer your question, do I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have beefed up their run defense? They've added a lot of versatile guys. They've added a lot of depth, obviously, but now it's a matter of, of putting the paper to work and making sure that they have the right scheme to cater to those guys, what they do well. I, I don't know if I'm right about this. I, I don't know if you have to be great to be dominant against the run. Maybe you have to be great to be dominant against the run. But I don't know if you have to be great to be good against the run in terms of uh, talent and, and everything else. I think it's such a fundamental thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's an assignment thing. It's being able to wrap a guy up type of thing. I think the Jaguars tried to address some of that. Schobert really is a key to that. He's a guy that's not going to be out of place very often. He's athletic enough to get the spots he's supposed to be in. He's going to quarterback that defense you think and be right most of the time. And then he's probably going to wrap up a guy. I'm not going to say he's never missing a tackle. But keep in mind, this is a defense that had Telvin Smith the last couple, not last year, but previously. Mm -hmm. That was a, a missed tackle quite a bit just because of his size. So the Jaguars were prone to missed tackles. They were prone to missed assignments in the past. I think that will clean up a little bit, even though they might not be as gifted if you lined them all up on a piece of paper, the roster. So I I think naturally they're going to be better against the run just given that and their attention to it. There's so much focus. Before there was focus on their secondary, how great their secondary is. You know, one of the best in the league, top five defenses against the pass. Well, that's good because it's a passing league. But it doesn't help if people are running the ball down your throat. Listen, I'm going to quote, um, you know, the great Joe Cullen, who got it from his mentor and uh, the great Rod Marinelli here, where it takes skill to rush the passer. It takes skill and technique to rush the passer, but it takes a mindset and it takes intensity to stop the run. Okay? There doesn't take any skill. Well, this is what they say. It doesn't take skill to stop the run. It takes a mindset. Yeah. Okay? Or want so, to. Oh, it takes that want to. You know, so, listen. Was that what was wrong last year at the Jacksonville Jaguars? Maybe some of it, okay. Maybe you can argue that coming off of a, a pretty easy training camp, maybe didn't get guys ready for what they needed to do. But obviously guys were not in, in their positions. Guys were not you know, coached up 
technique-wise um, to do their jobs properly. So there is a lot of things that went wrong last year, not just, well, they didn't want to do it. You know, I mean, I, I'm never going to say a football player wasn't playing hard because of what I see on film. Like, listen, football players always play hard, okay? Like, guys don't try to milk it or anything like that. I just think that guys are put in positions um, to fail. So with that being said, um, and the, it, it all depends on this defense, Brent. It all, it all depends on what kind of 3-4 defense you're bringing to the table because there's different options. You know, there's the under, there's the over, there's the Oki, there's the eagle. I mean, you can go on for days and days of schemes. And to me, I get what Todd Walsh is trying to do and trying to make something new, something exciting, tailored, tailored to his players, but you have to be careful where you can't do too much, okay? Because you still have a very young team. And right now the landscape of the NFL is you don't know how much, you know, hours you're going to have in person to teach this new scheme. It's one thing to do it on Zoom and say, you be here, you be here, but you need to be on trash cans. You need to go through walkthroughs and be able to, you know, visualize it if you're a player. So with that being said, I do hope we see a legitimate three, four defense, but I don't want to get to the standpoint where it's like, all right, well now here's, here's a different, you know, flavor here. Here's another different flavor. No, it's okay to have the same flavor, just have a different look. I'm going to give you this, okay? This is, this is a very simplified version. I'm going to give you three players mm-hmm. of last year's team. And then I'm going to tell you, okay, what do they do this year with those three players? One of them is Marcel Darius. Now, Darius's play hadn't been bad, but he only made it through half the season, not mm-hmm. even, because of the injury. And once he left, we saw some big numbers. So they might not say, yeah, it was all because of Marcel Darius, but there's a direct correlation between numbers, production, and Dar- Darius being out. But do they have Darius? Not necessarily. But they did go get Al Woods to go along with the Taven Bryan that was into year three, to go along with the Rodney Gunter. They, you know, and add a Josh, you know, add that line that yeah. we've all talked about. So, But even in the middle, they went well, and tried to address it. Yeah. And, and I guess what I would say is, are they better off than a than what they were in the second half of last season when Darius got hurt? I would say simply yes. Are they Correct. better off if Darius was there? Yeah, I think so. I think Darius is a better player than those guys, absolutely. But that's if he's healthy and he wasn't on the field the second half of last year. Of course. I mean, listen, are they better than they were the second half of the season? Absolutely. Right, because you had guys playing out of position. You had Josh Allen um, in a staggered stance, but it should be in, a, in, a, in like a wide nine stance, but he was playing the big end technique a little bit, right? So he was playing out of position. Um, so, yes, they, they have beefed up uh, in terms of their second half you know, personnel, but I still make the argument Marcel Darius is a hard guy to replace. Yeah, right? I, I mean, he's, he's, he's all team first step. You know how I feel about his first step yeah. and everything. And can a guy come in and, and try to um, provide an adequate replacement for that? We'll see. I mean, it's it's easier said than done, I'm going to say. Yeah, well, it's just a showcase of what they didn't have in terms of depth, though, because yeah. once he went out, they didn't have enough there, didn't have enough beef. They, they've got a lot of beef now. I, now, we'll see how they play. But, it's again, it's not better than Darius when he's healthy, mm-hmm. but it's better than what they had when Darius was out. That's sure. my point. Yeah. So if I just take one of those guys, the other one, and now the next two are linebackers, Miles Jack. Miles Jack, let's just be honest here, and I, I'm not trying to uh, disrespect him, but he obviously didn't get the whole Mike linebacker thing well enough. Mm-hmm. He never got comfortable doing it. And I give Miles a little bit of an excuse. It might have been because of the people around him, the shuffling of people around him, the inexperience of people around him. I'll give him that. But the bottom line is, how whoever's fault it was or if he's not as good at the Mike spot as they hoped he was or thought he could be, he wasn't. That was a problem spot. Getting people lined up, the discipline of that, the gap integrity, all those kind of things, mm-hmm. not good. 
uh, last year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was an eyesore. How many times did we go to the wall? You broke that down, and people were in the wrong spots. So instantly, I think Schobert will give them that more, at least some stability there. Does he give you the Miles Jack kind of athleticism in the middle? I don't think so. You don't need to have you, that. No, I, exactly. So yeah. I'm going to say, okay. I think they'll upgrade the mic spot, at least from a comfortability standpoint, getting people fundamentally sound, assignment sound. Well, then, maybe the biggest one. Quincy Williams had a rough year. Mm -hmm. He had a rough, rough rookie year. Well, they just moved Miles Jack, who I think could be a pro bowler at that spot, into Quincy Williams' spot. Mm -hmm. And so... That is the biggest upgrade of all, but it's it's really the linebacking group. I, I don't think we talk enough at how much of a strength this linebacking group can now be for this football team, much like it was in 17 when they had Telvin and Miles and Puzz. That was a strength of that football team and under talked about it because uh, uh, talked a, a part about it because Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye and then all the sacks in Saxonville. Nobody gave enough love to Telvin, Miles, Puzz, and what they were doing in the middle. Well, this is, since then, this is their best unit in the middle on paper. Schobert, Miles, Jack, and then even the depth behind them with guys that now have played like Quincy Williams mm -hmm. and others. So I just give you those three guys, man, and I say, how much better will they be against the run? Well, Darius wasn't playing, so at least they've got some bodies that they feel like can help them and are healthy. Now, Joe Schobert will do a better job of assigning people and getting them lined up in the fundamentals. And Miles Jack might have his best season, in my opinion. He mm -hmm. might now be in the position where he can have his best season, and it's a huge upgrade over what Quincy Williams at least gave you last year. Quincy Williams might be a nice player at some point, but he wasn't last year. Really struggled. Couldn't trust him in, in terms of what was going on. So I just take those three guys and I say, yeah, I think the Jaguars will be way better against the run than they were last year. Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree. And I think in terms of the defensive line, you're not really asking them to do... Listen, let's be honest here. In a 3-4 defense, a lot of defensive linemen don't get a lot of shine. Okay, like I'm reminded of like Chris Jones from the Kansas City Chiefs, but there's not a lot of like game-wrecking 3-4 defensive tackles. It's just, it's just the way the system works. Whether you're two-gapping or if you're playing like that big five technique, like you just... The way it's set up is it's for the linebackers to shine. Yeah. Okay? You're basically We're, like a guard on the offensive line. Nobody's going to give you much love. Exactly. As in terms of last year with the defense, you know, that defense was set up for the defensive line to do a lot of shining, right? And they if they don't do their jobs, obviously the whole thing falls apart. Now, the defensive line this year will be, you know, still vital uh, to the success of that Jaguars defense. But now, if I think it falls more on the linebackers, and if you want to look at the linebackers right now, the Jacksonville Jaguars bring, whether it's outside or inside, I could probably make an argument and say that they might have the best linebacking core of the three-four defense in the entire NFL. I mean, I, I can probably hardly say that. You know, like even you think of great teams like the Steelers. You know, I mean, yeah, T.J. Watt's obviously a beast. Um, but, you know, I, I like Josh Allen a lot, and I want to see what Josh Allen can do. So I think, obviously, the Steelers' defensive line, their they're, they're front three or whatever, you want to call it their front five, I mean, they're they're a lot more versed. They're a lot better right now. Cam Hayward leading that. But overall, if you want to talk about linebackers right now, especially in the 3-4 defense, you you like the Jaguars. Well, if you think about it, they're very well invested in that position, too. Yeah. $100 million in the middle with Schobert and Miles Jack in terms of contracts. First-round pick, top 10 pick in terms of uh, Josh Allen. Uh, obviously, Chase on top 20 pick. Jan, you know, what what he's brought to the table. And even at the linebacker spot in, in terms of the reserves now, uh, the backups, you got Quarterman, a fourth-round pick. You got Quincy Williams, a third-round pick. They've invested in, in that spot for this 3-4 look. All right, real quick, before we head to a break, I want to last, – last week we did what quarterbacks scare you. It was nine of them 
if you count the divisional games, like a Philip Rivers would count twice, Deshaun Watson count twice, I'd be like, okay, well, they, they can turn it up on you now. Yeah. Look at the history of those guys. And we had seven that were like, eh, whatever. You know, I, I, I'm not going into that game thinking, oh, boy, Ryan Fitzpatrick and even Tua or Herbert or Tyrod Taylor not going, oh, man, look out. Hey, and so same type of thing with the running backs. Let's do that real quick. And let's go right off the rip in the division. This is why they had to get better. The division from a running back standpoint, the Colts, because of their offensive line, they add Jonathan Taylor. They become dynamic there. Now, if Phillip Rivers gives it to them a lot, they have a chance to be really, really good. So I would say two of them, they scare you a little bit. That running attack, they're going to be put to the test in week one. Yeah, on this new run defense because of the Colts. Well, yeah, I mean you have Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor, then Naeem Hines on the backfield too catching passes, which the Jaguars had problems with last year. So absolutely, the Indianapolis Colts you should be frightened of them in terms of their running backs. And then we can chalk up the Titans as an easy two as well because yeah. Derrick Henry has ripped them apart, embarrassed yeah. them. It's a resume tape. It's it's everything. And so there's four. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let's go to the Dolphins. Well, and the Houston Texans, you think too? Uh, uh, do they scare you? With Duke and David Johnson? Duke Johnson doesn't scare me. And David Johnson, if this was 2015 David Johnson, absolutely. But I'm not sure we're getting with David Johnson right now. So you know what? I'll be honest. The Texans don't scare me right now on paper. What's interesting is you might not scare you the first time around, but if he puts up some numbers, you might scare you the second time around. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. <laughs> but, man. He very okay. well might, but I'm not scared of the Houston so Texans. So four, four and two. Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins, they bring in Breida, and they have Jordan Howard. Again, good names. Does it? Are you like, oh boy, look out? No, no, I, I'm not scared of Jordan Howard. I mean, listen, he's he's a dependable back, um, a hard nosed runner, comes downhill, doesn't scare me. Matt Breida, I think he's shined a lot more in that system in San Francisco than he's going to shine here in Miami. Mixon, yeah, for sure. Mixon scares me. Yeah, Mixon, he's a he's, he's, he's a true three down back. Who the heck is the Lions running back? Uh, <laughs> let me think. Uh, they they got DeAndre Swift. Did they grab Swift? Yeah, from yeah, DeAndre Swift. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say he scares me, though, until he does something in the NFL. Yeah. Um, on Johnson, I think they got that Scarborough guy who had, like, three good games when he came over from Dallas. Um, yeah, former Alabama kid. I'm not yeah. I'm not scared right now. All right. So, five to four. Uh, Chargers with Eckler. Scary guy. Yes. Right. For sure. He yeah. is. Because that's the kind of guy that beats them, too. The the screen pass, yeah. the over-pursuit. Now, we'll see if the Jaguars are an over-pursuit fast defense like they've been in the past. Yeah. Or they're a little bit more fundamental. Mm-hmm. But still, that guy scares you. Six yep. to four, I think I have it. Um, Packers. Aaron Jones. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Okay, seven. Uh, more, uh, more passing or running? For Green Bay? For Aaron Jones. Because he can oh. do both. Oh, both, for sure. Um, I mean, probably more passing this year because with the guy, they have a guy from uh, Boston College yeah, in the second Dylan. round. Yeah, yeah, so probably more passing for, for him. All right, Steelers. <sighs> Coming you off know, injury. James Conner was at a one-year thing. Jalen Sam was good in the pass game. <sighs> I'm, not, I'm not sold. Uh, I'm going to say they do not scare me. Yeah. In a 6-5, we'll call it then. How about the Browns with Chubb? Yeah, yeah for sure. They had a great year. Yep. No, Chubb's, uh, been, and, and Chubb's really, been great. What that is, that could be a very well-balanced offense because of their passing attack. Well, so. Kareem Hunt, too, as well. And so, Hunt, yeah. Yep. 7-4. How about the Vikings and uh, yes. Dalvin Cook? Yes. 8-4. Uh, how about the Ravens? Absolutely. Say no more. 9-4. Big trust. Chicago. Chicago. No, you know what? Until they show me something, I'm not scared of Chicago because they're supposed to be the next big thing there with that uh, which the Montgomery dude. And no, I, I'm not buying in quite yet.
Okay, ten. I, I think I got ten six. Actually, I forgot to count the Steelers as, as one not missing. So ten. Um, so ten. Ten, you're scared. Six or not? It's interesting. We had nine quarterbacks. You're like, uh oh. N- ten running backs. You're like, uh oh. Yeah. Uh, so the running backs almost might be more of a concern, and then you get the combination of both. Well. That's a tough uh, offense to prepare for mm-hmm. week in, week out. We'll see how improved the Jaguars' run defense will be. A uh, little Major League Baseball talk. Could they get back? Not spending a lot of time on it, but uh, we'll give you the latest and also the last dance. I thought it was the best episode yet. I'll tell you why on ESPN 690 next. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 